Hello, and welcome to the Blessful Body Podcast. I'm your host, Kai Autumn Russell, and I'm here to share with you my best fitness and healthy living strategies and tips, and they are so good, your body, mind, and spirit will be thankful that you listened. Well, hey there, friends. How are you doing? How has your week been? I hope that it has been really amazing and wonderful and outstanding, just like you are. Um, It is definitely, we are, at the time I'm recording this and the time that this will come out, we are just moving right ahead to the end of the year, to the end of 2019. And so that means there are just all sorts of extra extra things going on, right? And so if you are having any difficulty managing your holidays, I uh, invite you to check out last week's episode that was all about how to have healthy and happy holidays and um, and just to have honest holidays too, really. So check that out if you haven't already. And I am today going to be talking about what one of the absolute best gifts are that you can bring or have or give to someone this holiday season. And really, it's also something that you can give to someone any time of the year. And it's also something that you give to yourself. Okay. So this is not your normal gift guide. This isn't really anything um, that you can wrap up in a pretty peasant and put a bow on top of it and have somebody open it. But what we're going to be talking about today is actually really and truly the most meaningful gift that um, we can all receive. And so what am I talking about? Well, it's not a gift certificate to your favorite Pilates studio, although that is a close second, always a close second. Um, but what the, um, what the, what the best gift is, is, is actually just your attention. Okay. And your presence. So specifically what I'm going to be talking to you about today is mindfulness and just mindful presence and how we can bring that intention to our interactions with others, which particularly all of these interactions that we're going to be having, most of us, a lot of us in the next few weeks are going to be a little bit um, just more intense, a little more loaded, right? Even if they're all positive, um, there are just so many expectations and memories and rituals that we all experience or not all, but a lot of us choose to experience around the holidays that can make our interactions with others just a, it's a little more, um, energetically connected or energetically heavy. And what can happen is that a lot of us, when we get into these situations, actually try to kind of pull back a little bit and we might really allow ourselves to be distracted by things as a little bit of a protective mechanism, right? Like, um, I certainly do this. There's times when, you know, I really do, I don't want to be too much of anything, right? Like I don't want to be too sad, particularly during the holidays. I don't want to be, um, too happy even, which sounds a little strange, but, um, 
sometimes it's just the default, right? To just stay comfortable and not really um, get too invested in anything. And so for this holiday season, I'm really going to be working to make sure that I don't do that, right? And there is a lot of... um there's a lot of opportunity for me to kind of pull back, particularly from kind of some just more intense feelings, right? Um, my mother was just admitted into hospice care last week. And so, you know, this is a particularly, I don't even want to say challenging time, but it is definitely a significant time. And so this is a really significant holiday season. And so, um, you know, my kind of inclination naturally, which I don't think I'm alone in this, is to really pull back, right, and to try and just distract myself. And so what I'm going to be working on instead is really cultivating mindfulness. And when I'm talking about mindfulness, we're going to just talk about mindfulness and um, basically what it is and why it's beneficial and then how you can practice it and bring it into your holiday season, but also any other time that you are um, just experiencing some intensity. Okay. Mindfulness and the practice of mindfulness basically has its roots in the Buddhist tradition, right? So this is something that has been practiced for um, thousands of years. And it also has roots in um, the practice of yoga, right? So I've become very familiar with mindfulness as a yoga practitioner as I've deepened my yoga practice, but um, also just from, you know, the Buddhist tradition as well. But um, there is also this idea of secular mindfulness. And that is definitely what I'm going to be talking about today. And so this practice of mindfulness is this idea. It is the practice of being aware of our thoughts, our feelings, our bodily sensations, and our environment in any given moment, right? So it is truly being present on the present and focusing in, opening up all of our senses to what we are experiencing, and just really truly being aware of what we're seeing, what we're hearing, what we're smelling, what we're tasting, what we're touching or feeling, and then also our thoughts and feelings, right? So really being honest with ourselves and allowing ourselves the giving ourselves really the permission to think about our thoughts and to think about our feelings, right? And you will hear me say many times that, you know, you are not your thoughts. <laughs> your thoughts are are our thoughts. They are chemical reactions. They're things going on in our brains. They are not they're not us. They're not you. And so being able to separate ourselves from our thoughts and not necessarily believe our thoughts all of the time or even most of the time is also one of the highlights and one of the benefits of mindfulness. So in addition to being aware of the present moment and whatever um, experience you're having at that time, there's also the practice of acceptance and really experiencing the moment in a non-judgmental way. So not necessarily trying to label anything as right or wrong, particularly thoughts and feelings, not um, trying to just observe 
and accept and giving ourselves that permission and that compassion to really just experience and be without trying to, you know, should all over ourselves, right? Like, oh, we should be doing this and we should be doing something else. And that is one of the things that can particularly happen around the holidays, right? So there's all these uh, expectations and ideas about what the holidays should look like. And so um, mindfulness would actually help us step back and just observe those thoughts and really understand where where those are coming from and just being able to acknowledge and look at them as being separate from our reality. Okay. And so, um, so it's just awareness with acceptance and non-judgment and really focusing on the present. So not thinking or fixating on the past or the future. Okay. And just really being present. So there have been numerous studies that have talked about mindfulness as a practice and the benefits that mindfulness can bring to our health. And those benefits are typically when we're looking at mindfulness and studying mindfulness, they're really studying you know, the outcomes on ourselves, on the practitioner. So if someone practices mindfulness and most studies um, are going to be looking at a form of mindful meditation, kind of creating a space and a time to sit most likely quietly or just to be in a quiet space and sitting with ourselves and and really focusing in a meditation practice. That's mostly how mindfulness has been studied. And so, um, but there are other ways to practice it. And I will talk about that too. So the benefits of mindfulness are numerous. There are a lot of studies that have kind of shown different benefits, including um, better sleep, a reduction in insomnia, um, a heightened immune system, uh, increasing in memory, a decrease in stress. There's a really long list of um, different things that have been shown to improve while um, after someone undertakes a mindfulness practice. And then one of the other things that's really key that has been studied is looking at relationships, okay? And seeing that when people are mindful as either a parent, mindful at their work environment or in their relationships with um, a significant other, seeing that the quality of those relationships often improve, okay? And so this is where I really think about the idea of mindfulness as a gift, as a present to others, right? So the title of this episode is to, you know, make your presence your present and not to say that, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going somewhere and I'm so fabulous, although you are fabulous, my dear, don't forget that. Just being somewhere, but to actually truly be there, to truly be with others is one of the best presents you can give them, right? So I'm going to talk about this at the end, but just really thinking about, yes, practicing mindfulness is going to give you benefits, but it also is going to is radiate out and being able to be present with someone and be mindful with them and really just be aware of that experience is truly a gift for them and for yourself in that moment, right? And I do have to mention, you know, that we're talking about 
studies and research that has looked into mindfulness. So there have been some recent, a recent meta-analysis of mindfulness practices that was published not that long ago, probably six months to a year ago. And it basically, a meta-analysis is when um, researchers compile all of the published peer-reviewed journal articles that have been published dealing with the topic. Sometimes they limit it to, say, like the last 10 years, and um, they basically read all of those articles, and they look at them and really critique the methods and determine how, you know, the study was actually designed, who were the participants, how many participants were, were there were, what the what the treatment was, right? Like were and and try to standardize it and see how similar a lot of these research articles are. They want to make sure that the sample size is big enough to actually support the claims that might be being made in the article. Okay. So that's what a meta-analysis is, in case you were wondering. And what this meta-analysis found was that, you know, there have been a lot of really kind of over-the-top claims about how mindfulness and a mindful meditation practice will basically just improve everything about your life. Okay. And the limitations that, that basically this study found was that there wasn't necessarily enough validity to those claims. So, you know, nothing is a magic cure-all, first of all, right? So remembering back, you know, we have all of these different aspects of our health, our physical bodies, our mental bodies, our emotional, our spiritual domains, also occupational, financial, environmental. And so really looking at a holistic view of ourselves, it makes sense that it's not really reasonable to think that one practice is going to necessarily solve everything. I will say that as someone who has established a, a pretty solid practice, I don't achieve my goal of meditating every day, but I do it pretty regularly, that it has made a huge difference in all the areas of my life. Okay. But Certainly, it is something that has really helped me just cultivate a deeper sense of myself and really a bigger connection with others. And the other thing that the meta-analysis found about mindfulness meditation practices is that there wasn't really a consistent or standard dose of meditation that people were undertaking. So not, um, and that the benefits of mindfulness meditation very well could be dose dependent and dose meaning how long you meditate for, how many days of the week you meditate for, what type of meditation you were doing. So when people are saying that they're, you know, doing a study on meditation, they're not necessarily always doing the same type, the same number of the same frequency per week, the same length of practice. So all of those things kind of can dilute some of the um, claims that could be made or the results that come out of a research study. And then the other thing that was really brought up in the meta-analysis was that it is not necessarily for everyone. Okay, so mindfulness, and then particularly, this is the meditation practice, right? So the sitting, 
you know, by yourself or with a group, a teacher, and, um, you know, just sitting with yourself and practicing meditation, particularly with people who have a history of trauma, that it can be a really intense experience to allow yourself to open up and create space to dive into some old emotions, to dive into some memories. And that's not necessarily appropriate for everyone all the time. And certainly, if there is a history of trauma, meditation is often best done with a teacher. Okay, so someone who can help kind of guide you and um, just kind of be there and hold your experience for you when you, you know, might have a really intense uh, moment. Okay. So those were, there are some limitations and it's important to kind of talk about that, but there definitely were a lot of benefits that were discovered, you know, and this is definitely one of those things where a lot on this podcast, we'll talk about research and then we're also going to talk about lived experience, right? So the research that I've conducted definitely focused on the lived experiences of um, women and uh, specifically postpartum women. And so just really recognizing that that is also really valid, that studies are great and research is great, but also having um, the ability to kind of compare and review both is, is really essential. And so what I want you to kind of think about taking this forward is, you know, how mindfulness can really just fit into your life in the next couple of weeks. So if you don't have an established mindfulness meditation practice, it is not necessarily something that you have to start. Okay. Um, I encourage you to find space in your life to do that. But there are other ways that we can begin to cultivate mindfulness that can really bring about that awareness and help us create that connection and certainly create those significant moments in our relationships and in our experiences with others. Okay. So one way is just through the practice of breathing. Breathing is so powerful. Your breath is one of the main ways that we actually can tap into the present moment, that we can tap into uh, mindfulness and awareness. And just placing our attention on our breath is incredibly powerful. So if you have a breathing practice of any kind, if you've experienced it in a yoga class or a Pilates class or um, you've experienced diaphragmatic breathing, that's what I'm talking about. And if you haven't experienced this, um, I actually have a breathing guided relaxation audio that um, you can find on my website. If you just go to kaiautumn.com slash episodes, you will find the link to this particular episode, which is make presents your present for the holidays and every day. I'll have the link to the to the breathing audio and I highly encourage you it will be my holiday and New Year's present to you to find that and um, for you to to experience it because just focusing on your breath it is very calming it is very relaxing and it also can really just get us into the present moment better than any other technique so breathing is one 
doing a body scan, just kind of really becoming aware of our body, what our body is feeling is also a great way to cultivate some more mindfulness. And then mindful-based movement, mindful movement. So yoga, Pilates, Tai Chi, Qigong, these are all practices where movement is coordinated with the breath. And so in that practice, there is a cultivation of awareness of the movement. So you're moving through space, you're moving your body, but the kind of the attention is really being paced on the quality of the movement and the experience of the movement. And when you can particularly also include acceptance and non-judgment in that practice, then it really can elevate to a form of meditation and a mindful meditation. And this is one of the ways that many, many people are able to actually cultivate more mindfulness. Okay, so these are all practices that will help us just kind of hone our mindful muscle. Okay, because just like anything else, it needs to be practiced, it needs to be taken care of, and it needs to be cultivated. Okay, and the more we kind of practice mindfulness, the better we'll get at it. All right. We will have many episodes about mindfulness on this podcast, but I wanted to really mention it right now because it's just such a kind of important time to think about mindfulness. And there's one other way that mindfulness, and this is the one actually where I encourage you to think about incorporating mindfulness into the events and the gatherings that you might be attending in the next few weeks. And that is through this concept of micro mindfulness, which is um, something that John Kabat-Zinn talks about. And micro mindfulness is basically where we're, you just pause for a moment and you experience what you're doing while you're doing it. An example that I love is that if you're taking a shower, you actually stop and pay attention to the sensations that you're experiencing in the shower the feeling of the water on your skin, the smell of the soap, the the steam that you're breathing in, the sound of the water as it cascades down and hits the tub. Just taking a second, just 10 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute even, to really let your mind focus on what you're experiencing is, that's it, that's mindfulness. And so imagine the power of actually being with, being with your family, being with your friends and putting the phone away, setting aside those distractions and just really focusing on the experience of being together. Okay. That is your gift. This is what I'm talking about. This is the ultimate gift is if you arrive and you are present and there for the people that you are choosing to be with and spend time with, okay? It is the best gift ever. And not only is it going to be a gift to them, but it is going to be a gift to yourself, okay? And so even if something challenging might arise, even if something might come up 
that gets uncomfortable, that's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable sometimes. All right. That's life. That's being alive. Certainly, I recommend that if you foresee that you're going to be at a gathering and you anticipate that, you know, there might be some tough conversations, there might be a time and an opportunity where you will need to really be committed to, say, being an ally or to defend yourself or something you believe in, to have a plan for that. And I don't encourage avoidance. I don't encourage being silent around important issues. I don't think we get to have a pass on that um, just because it's the holidays. But there is a way to do it that can be constructive and a way that can actually be mindful and respectful. And so often if you wait until the moment <laughs> to work to come to that, then then that's where it can get a little challenging. So um, having a plan right on your kind of the sentence you might say if things got uncomfortable, if you needed to defend a group of people, if something you heard was racist or sexist or homophobic or something that was important to you enough that, you know, commit. If you're going to, if you're going to be an ally, you have to be an ally all the time, I believe. So ideally with our families, with our friends, with our loved ones, we can have respectful discourse and conversations, even if it makes people uncomfortable. Okay. And mindfulness will actually help you do that in a way that doesn't get triggering, that doesn't turn into a yelling match or a crying fest. And trust me, I have been there many times where I have fled through the door in tears. And yeah, and I'm definitely, I'm working on presence and awareness. And I don't anticipate anything like that coming up this year, but um, it's important to just kind of think it through in advance. So it was a little aside, but I felt important to just kind of share that because I've been working on that and thinking about that leading into the holidays. And so, yes, I encourage you to find your your mindful moments, your micro mindfulness this holiday season and really bring the gift of yourself Right. And there are people out there who love you, who are really looking forward to getting to spend time with you. And it's nice to to give that to them. And I know that there's lots of people that I'm looking forward to seeing and I'm going to be trying to just really take that in and appreciate it and not be distracted and to really use my mindfulness to help to just help in the next few weeks. Okay. So that is going to be my gift to everyone and the gift to myself. So I hope that this is helpful and I hope that you um, have an interest in mindfulness. We will definitely be talking all about mindfulness in, in weeks ahead, but take care and I hope that you have many blessings and that you are just blissful and happy and peaceful in the coming week. Okay. Much love, friend. Thanks for hanging out with me and I will catch you later. Bye.